From PCI standards to complying with guidelines and expected mandates regarding emerging technologies, financial institutions, merchants, and all industries and sectors that accept payment cards are faced with increasing pressure to improve security and protect consumer data. But some payment security initiatives continue to fall on deaf ears, as the benefits of enhanced security measures are often hard to gauge. Up to now, many entities, including banking institutions, medical care providers, and retailers, to name three, have done what they must in order to pass a security compliance audit and gone few steps further. But a new report from Poneman Research finds that non-compliance actually costs more, especially over the long term. Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group. I'm here today with Reka Shanoi, Vice President of Strategy for Tripwire, a security and compliance automation solutions provider that commissioned the Poneman study. Reka, the study reviewed a number of compliance guidelines and standards, including PCI. What can you tell us about the findings as they related to PCI compliance, as well as other guidelines, such as HIPAA, and are industries reaping benefits from compliance? Sure. Thanks for having me on the show, Tracy. Um, with regard to PCI, HIPAA, SOX, or any of these mandates, the common thread is about ensuring that data is protected. And so when you think about data protection, the, the issue is, you know, are we really um, protecting that data? Are we really minimizing risk? And are we actually giving the business some benefits as a result of either getting secure or getting compliant? And so those are the big questions that we hear from our customers in a big way on either side of that spectrum. On the one hand, we have customers that say it doesn't benefit them at all. And so there's that challenge where they feel like it's a tax that's a burden on the companies uh, on an annual basis. And then the other end says, you know, this enabled them to actually start investing in security in a big way and actually improving things. And so while the debate rages on, what we felt was we need to contribute to this debate in a way that was productive by providing real economic, you know, cost numbers that could quantify both the cost of compliance and the cost of non-compliance. And so in order to do that, we partnered with the Panaman Group, and um, they did this independent research where they talked to 46 global companies around um, these issues. And the two things they focused on were all of the different things that go into getting compliant, people, process, technologies, the auditors themselves, and so on, on the one hand. And on the other hand, all the things that happen as a result of not being compliant. The breaches were only one part of that, obviously a big part of that. The data breaches that actually happen and the, uh, the resulting losses from that. But in addition to that, the fines, the penalties, and more importantly, the business disruption and the partners and the relationships that they lose as a result of not being compliant. So when all of these costs were put together and quantified, it was a staggering result to learn that um, the cost of non-compliance is on average about three times more than the investment being made on getting compliant. So there absolutely is uh, economic proof that that non-compliance is costing companies enough for them to pay attention and do something about it. And what about industries across the board? Do you see the financial industry, for instance, reaping the same benefits that the medical industry reaps? Uh, that's an interesting data point. We do see some differences across the industries, but nothing significant. We do see that in general they're spending significant amounts of uh, money uh, for compliance across the board, but not all of them are really getting secure, if you may. So the difference we saw wasn't on an industry basis as much as we saw companies that were actually investing in, you know, security effectiveness processes. 
And those were the companies, and plus across industry, that was the interesting thing. There wasn't one industry doing better than the other, but it was the ones that had invested in security practices that were seeing dramatically lower costs of non-compliance, uh, and it wasn't a function of how much you spent. So basically what it said to us was, you know, if you invest in actually getting secure, you'll actually be doing good for the business by lowering that cost of non-compliance. But if you invest in compliance, which costs a lot of money, on average about $3.5 million, it doesn't necessarily help you unless you're really securing the business. And I guess when we talk about compliance and the cost of compliance, it doesn't really matter what the mandate is. It could be HIPAA or it could be PCI, but the cost is still the same. Right. And and the uh, sample that we had, the prospects that we had talked to, uh, were across many, many industries, but the primary one that was either the the one that was hardest to uh, achieve or the one that was always top of mind was PCI because it cut across so many industries. But absolutely, mo many of these companies are now in a world where they're dealing with multiple compliance issues and multiple compliance regulations that affect their business. Now, Rekha, you note that compliance is fluid, of course, meaning that it requires diligence and constant review. What did the survey reveal about companies that regularly audit to ensure that their compliance mechanisms or tools are always up to date? That's a good question, Tracy. It was interesting how Larry Poneman used that as a metric to understand how seriously they took security. So if you understand these companies, every one of them is getting ex audited by an external body. So that kind of audit is happening to all of them. But then 28% of these companies had no internal audit of their own. So what that meant was largely they're probably spending a lot of time manually trying to get to that compliance state in order to get the checkbox compliance score, and then they moved on to their day jobs. Then on the other end of the spectrum, there were companies that did five or more audits a year. And the only way you do that is if you've got some sort of automated compliance efforts so that spot checks or, you know, unexpected checks and so on could be done, which meant that they were always in a continuous compliance state. So it was interesting to see companies on either end of the spectrum. And now here was the interesting data when you sliced companies by the number of internal audits. Companies that did no internal audits had the highest compliance cost. In other words, they were spending the most dollar for dollar on compliance and also had the highest non-compliance cost which we know is also related to breaches and so on. So these guys had the highest cost. The companies that had gotten past that and were doing five or more audits a year on the other end of the spectrum actually had the lower, lower cost and maybe slightly higher than those that were doing one or two audits, but much, much lower than the ones that were doing no audits, and also a significantly lower non-compliance cost. And when you see that dramatic difference on the two ends, you can see that when you automate compliance and you're always in a compliant state, it's not a, you know, a massive uh, manual effort just to get compliance, um, uh, you know, as a checkbox. When you go to that other side and you get secure, you are actually doing good for the business and your non-compliance costs are much lower. Rekha, do you see the mindset when it comes to compliance among industries changing? And I'm going to point to the financial institution space for just a moment. It seems that financial institutions are evolving and accepting the fact that it's more about good security than it is about passing an audit. And I want to know if you would agree with that, and does the research support that assumption? So I would I would agree that they are getting better, but I was surprised that the research didn't point out that they were among the best. So. They were certainly on the top end of the spectrum when you look at the data broken out by industry, 
but uh, interestingly, uh, they weren't necessarily the best. And what about other industries, such as healthcare or perhaps even government? It seems that the healthcare industry is just the opposite, not very concerned about security so much as passing an audit. Would you agree with that? And did the research support that assumption? Absolutely. So you can see that healthcare is definitely on the low end of both uh, the investment that they're making in compliance costs and, of course, their non-compliance impacts are, of course, much higher as well. And what about government? Um, you know, I would make the assumption that government is very dedicated to security, but we've seen recently that local governments have been breached, especially when it comes to not complying with PCI. What does that tell us about compliance within governmental agencies? So that's an interesting point. So having talked with government customers and also seeing the data, what we're seeing is that it's a mixed bag. There's there's almost the identical situation in government as you see in commercial where you've got this mix of people who get it and the people who don't. In other words, people who feel like they want to use the dollars to get secure and the people who want to get checkbox compliant, and they're absolutely right in the middle of all of this. They're not more secure. The problem is they're actually better targets and bigger targets for organized crime, for the cyber attacks, and uh, they're not actually doing a whole lot better than the commercial sector. Before we close, Reka, I'd like for you just to share with our audience perhaps the top five takeaways, and maybe one of those should focus on what industries can do to perhaps enhance compliance or change their mindset. What should the priorities be in 2011 and beyond? So I think one of the key things is we absolutely want to arm the business owners within security with the data they need to make the case that securing the business is good for the business. And after years and years of anecdotal information on the topic, this is, you know, definitive proof that it actually helps the business. So when you see the, the cost of non-compliance and you see companies that have gotten ahead of it, it's absolute proof that it helps the business to be secure. So that's the top and most important factor in the, the motivation for this research, and I'm glad that the research bore that out. The second key point is that investing in the automating compliance is a good investment. And it's not compliance in a way that you might think, you know, just automating paperwork, but automating all of the key pieces so that you're always secure and always compliant and saves costs from an overall audit perspective, but actually helps you lower your non-compliance costs. So I think it goes back to, you know, if you think of internal audits as just being one mechanism or one lever of that process that's automated, then you can see that that actually helps companies and get uh, to get better. So when you think of the security investment you're about to make, think about it in the context of how can you enable the security investment to pay off in the long term by lowering your cost of compliance, but also lowering your you know, impact from breaches, recovering from breaches faster, as well as uh, lowering your penalties and fines and uh, revenue loss as a result of it. Rick, I'd like to thank you again for your time today. Thank you, Tracy. This was um, an excellent call. Thank you. Again, we've just heard from Reka Shanoi, Vice President of Strategy for Tripwire, a security compliance automation solutions provider that commissioned the study. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten.